0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Five months. That is how long American basketball star Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia. The Phoenix Mercury player was arrested in Moscow for carrying cannabis oil cartridges, which are illegal in Russia. She faces 10 years in prison. Griner pleaded guilty in court yesterday, but the U.S. says she's been wrongfully detained and that she's essentially a hostage. Now, people in the league are speaking out on her behalf. Greiner was selected as an honorary starter in the WNBA All-Star Game in Chicago this weekend. But many of her supporters are wondering why haven't U.S. officials done more to intervene? And would this ever have happened if Greiner was a man? Joining us to discuss is Julie DeCaro, senior writer and editor at Deadspin. She's the author of Sidelined, Sports, Culture, and Being a Woman in America. Hey, Julie, welcome back.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Also with us is WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout. Hey, Cheryl.
2: Hi, Sasha. Hi, Julie.
0: Cheryl, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about Brittany. For those who aren't familiar, who is she as an athlete?
2: Britney Griner is a 6 foot 9 center who plays for the Phoenix Mercury. In fact, her last game that she ever played was right here in Chicago at the uh, at WNBA Finals against the Sky. She's a powerful player. She's a Hall of Famer. She's one of the best. She's a dominating player that really is something. She's very special. She's also won two Olympic gold medals. She is one of those players that can take over a game. With that said, because of the salary cap issues with the WNBA, they only make—and I say only in quotation marks—her salary is two hundred twenty-one thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that compared to the NBA. Wow, mm-hmm. that's why they go to Russia, played Russia, because they can make up to a million dollars there.
0: So she was in Russia trying to supplement her income, playing games yeah. in, in Russia.
2: Exactly, and that's what a lot of women do. Um, the, the interesting thing is that there are a couple of players here in Chicago: Ellie Quigley and Courtney Vandersloop plus James Wade have. Played with her and coached her in Russia, so there's a lot of connections here with Brittany Greiner here in Chicago.
0: Yeah, talk more about that, Julie. How, how common that is for, for WNBA players to go overseas to play?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's extremely common, Sasha. I think uh, something like half the league plays overseas in other um, in other leagues just because they can make so much more money there than they can here. And you know, we all celebrated the WNBA's new collective bargaining agreement in mm-hmm. 2020 That's right. when they got concessions that you know were not something that we had seen before in women's sports and it was thought of sort of you know sort of the, the place where they could go they got a lot of things when it comes to like child care and getting their own rooms on the road and being able to fly uh not coach you know imagine all these women that are over six feet tall wow, having fly yes. like, coach everywhere i mean so w- when we really celebrated that but the fact of the matter is that you know the the Maximum salary in the WNBA, which is I think two twenty-eight, two hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars, wow. is less than, is significantly less than what the NBA minimum is, which is like almost a million dollars. So yeah, there are many, many, many women, your biggest stars, and infamously several years ago, Diana Taurasi stayed and missed the WNBA season because she was getting paid one point five million to pay over, play overseas. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it, it seems like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money for regular working people, right? But athletes also have a lot of things they pay for out of their own pocket, like That's right. trainers and nutritionists and, you know, all kinds of things that the rest of us don't necessarily have to pay for. So it, it does free up, you know, their, uh, their free them up financially significantly to be able to go overseas and play.
0: And and let's not get lost here in in what Julie just said. You you said the top salary is about $228,000. And Cheryl, what did you say a moment ago? Brittany was making 220,
2: 221 yes, 221 so and she's it, at the top of the game here she's incredible right that, that's generally what the the max player gets in their in their uh, their team so she's and here's the other thing as Julie mentioned they fly commercial so when we talk about all the delays that happen for us normal people these players have to fight fly, fly commercial and they also have to you know wait out you know flights and everything like that so they don't, they don't have the best conditions when it comes to transportation. And that's a big issue. Yeah.
0: Well, Brittany's wife, Sherelle, spoke out about her partner's detainment uh, for the first time back in May. Let's uh, let's listen to that. BG would wholeheartedly love to not go overseas. She has only had one Thanksgiving in the States in nine years since she's been pro. And she misses all that stuff just because, you know, she can't make enough money in the WNBA to sustain her life. Mm So it sounds like Greiner made the decision to play overseas, of course, because of pay. Tell us what else we know about Brittany's experience in Russia before all of this happened, Cheryl.
2: Well, she was she was a star there. She was one of their best players. And the one thing about when they played in Russia, they are really taken care of. They're given condos, they're given translators, they're given you know transportation to places. So they have a lot of perks in that. But she was one of their stars. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, for for her size and for her ability, you know, she she deserved all that. But she also being a, a, a gay black woman was going to be targeted with this.
0: Mm-hmm. So generally, when they go overseas, these WNBA players, they, they get treated very well.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. They, you know, the, the team that she was on is owned by a Russian oligarch and he took care of his players. You know, and, and that's something that I've heard a lot about from when I've talked to players that played over in Russia, that this particular oligarch took care of his players. Unfortunately, he's not taking care of her situation right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, James Wade, the uh, coach of the Chicago Sky, actually coached Brittany in, in Russia. He spoke out about Brittany's detainment last weekend. And she's she's actually, you know, played for our country and brought our country glory. And this is how we're we're treating her, and it's disgusting. So, in that same interview, Julie, he says Brittany's case isn't being given as much attention because she's a woman. Is that what you think is going on here?
1: Uh, you know, no, normally I would be the first person to call that out, but I think that you know, sadly, I didn't know about Paul Whalen and Trevor Reed being held overseas by by Russia until uh, we heard about Britney Griner being being picked up over there. So. Sadly, I don't think that the U.S. does enough to bring many, many of the hostages overseas home. Um, I think that you know when Brittany Griner, when they when they found or manufactured, because I, I don't know that that we've really cleared up if this actually happened. You know. Uh, Putin is notorious for trumping up charges against people that he would like to use as bargaining chips. And I think that she was a big one that landed in his lap. Um, And I think that, you know, we are only hearing about Paul Whelan because of Brittany Griner for the most part. I'm sure there was news when he was first arrested back in 2018 or 2019, but haven't heard much since then. So, unfortunately, um, I I don't want to discount the sexism and the racism that goes into every aspect of Brittany Griner's life, the homophobia. However, it it does seem that, you know, I know Paul Whelan's family has been incredibly frustrated as well um, with the State Department and with the sort of attention that they feel that case has gotten. So I don't know that I can say this is because she's a woman. But, you know, the reason she's there is because she's a woman and because she plays in the NBA. If she played in the WNBA, she never would have been there. So in that sense, I think, yes, this is all happening because she's a woman.
2: Yeah. What do you think, Cheryl? I think it's not just being a woman. I think because she's a WNBA star. Is one of the reasons why she has been picked for this situation. Mm. There, there's there, that, that to be. She's worth something. Well, right. Yeah, she Prominent got, figure. She got, she got detained on February 17th. What happened on February 24th? Russia invaded.
0: Oh, the invasion Ukraine. of Ukraine. Yes.
2: Yes. No, sorry, I don't think that's coincidental.
0: Yeah. If you're just tuning in, I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're speaking with WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout and Deadspin writer Julie DeCaro. We're talking about the latest in the case of Brittany Greiner, who's the American basketball star who's been detained in Russia for five months now. Uh, Julie, what do you think is going to have to change for WNBA players to be able to make a living here in the United States?
1: Well, uh, you know, for so long we heard that no one cares about women's basketball. No one watches women's basketball. Um, we, As we've seen in the past several years, that is not true. And, and you know, when I was hosting my radio show, I had people calling in all the time who wanted to talk about the WNBA and the WNBA draft. So uh, the, the players have always said, you know, if you build this, that, that people are going to come watch. And I think that that is something that has started to happen um you know the nba could snap their fingers and and resolve these issues for the for the wnba players it took the nba many many years to get to where it is now you know 25 years in the nba um almost folded in the early 80s so i think a little financial support from the nba for these women would go a long way and that's what i would like to see happen
0: so this isn't about americans overlooking the wnba then
1: The media has done a terrible job um, supporting and promoting the WNBA, right? I mean, you know, if you you worked in sports, you know that anytime you start talking about it, you have people who call in and scream, no one cares about women's basketball. But I think people call in and and say that. That is untrue. I mean, I was downtown walking around uh, by yeah. Windpress Arena before one of the Sky's games, and it was absolutely packed with people trying to get in and eating before they go in. Mm-hmm. So I do feel that, you know, the media has done a bad job, but I think that that is starting to change, and I'm hoping that, that is, the WNBA gets... To be a bigger deal and gets to be sort of on par with men's sports. Who knows when that'll happen? Um, that, that things will start to change and those salaries will go up. But like I said, you know, I was told by a WNBA insider that the NBA could snap their fingers and make the WNBA's all their problems go away, um, and they really? haven't done that. And I would like to see the NBA step up.
0: Interesting, Cheryl, your take on that? What what it's going to take for these players to to be able to make a living here and not have to go
2: overseas? Well, a lot of what Julie said is on point, but let me extend it even more. I'm one of the few people that actually covers the Sky Games. There's only a handful of us that even cover on Zoom. There's only a handful of us that talk to these players up at, at the practice facility. We're talking about three to four people max. Wow. as far as the regular mainstream media. It is not mentioned on a lot of television, sportscasts. It is not mentioned at all on all sports radio stations. It is not, you know, I, I, it, it's really an issue that I think with the media. And most of the media is controlled by men. And they don't care about it. They always say, we don't care about it. But, yeah. you know, when you, when you look at what the guy was able to do this year, and I think it's very crucial for this weekend for the WNBA to really extend their Visibility as best as they can to really entice new fans, entice yeah. the young players, young girls, and young boys, and everybody to see what they have as a product.
0: Yeah how how has the WNBA responded, Cheryl?
2: The WNBA has you know as far as the Griner thing or about the yes, situation about Griner. Well, they have been very much out there uh, campaigning. In fact, it was interesting yesterday when Megan Rapone, the uh, soccer star, got her uh, presidential medal freedom, she had on her lapel an embroidered flower with BG. And the WNBA at all the courts has BG on it. The players talk about her all the time. Mm. And just a few moments ago, when Bradley Beal of the the W of me and the Washington Wizards it, with the NBA, he mentioned her at his press conference just moments ago when he was signing his new contract. So there are players yeah. in the NBA, there are all the players in WNBA, and the league is doing their best to really promote and let people know what's going on with Brittany.
0: Yeah, as um, Cheryl alluded to, Julie, it is WNBA All Star Weekend, and it's it's being held here at the Trust Arena. You know, if Griner were free, it's, it's of course, very likely that she'd be playing this weekend. Any idea if the league's doing anything to pay tribute to her on Sunday?
1: Uh, I'm sure they will. Um, I know they've been made her an honorary All-Star. They've dedicated the game to her. Yeah. Um, so I, I just sort of, I guess, just wait and see. You know, it, it's interesting because initially the league was told by the State Department and women in the league, who are very, very good at organizing. Um, we saw that around the Breonna Taylor's death and, and a host of issues, um, to, to sort of keep this quiet and not to make a big deal out of it, because that's going to agitate the Russians. It's going to let them know they've got a big bargaining chip. And so that was sort of the strategy in the beginning. Um, that has clearly gone by the wayside now, and the women of the WNBA are being very, very loud about Brittany Griner. And as I said, they are very good at organizing and getting their message out. So Mm. I would expect that we're going to hear quite a bit about Brittany Griner this weekend.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, Brittany wrote a letter to President Biden on July 4th, and she said, uh, in part, quote, as I sit here in a Russian prison alone with my thoughts and without the protection of my wife, family, friends, Olympic jersey or any accomplishments, I'm terrified I might be here forever. What has the U.S. done on Griner's behalf, Julie?
1: Well, you know, from the beginning the the word is that they've been working quietly behind the scenes trying to not let Putin think that he has such a big bargaining chip. Um, that clearly didn't work. And the way that this is typically done is that there are certain steps along the way, um, and then they, you know, once they have um, reached people that they believe are equal in terms of where they are in the justice system, on the U.S. side, on the Russian side, they start talking about prisoner swaps. The problem is that Russia is, is pushing to have this notorious arms dealer, uh, Victor Boot, who's serving 25 years in U.S. federal prison for selling arms to groups that want to reportedly attack the United States, Um, that is who Russia wants. And the State Department has been saying, you know, that is not equivalent, someone with having a minor cannabis charge versus someone who uh, is is a notorious arms dealer who is responsible for murders and death and misery. Yeah. So that's sort of where they are right now. I, if they, I saw Ambassador Michael McFaul, who was our former ambassador to the Ukraine, say that if they throw Paul Whelan in as part of that, then that is equal. There's 10 years left on Victor Boots' sentence, and that is what he would want. That would be a fair deal, and he would take that deal. And um, I, I think that that is sort of where the pressure is going right now in the State Department is to make that swap um, to get Brittany Griner home.
0: Yeah. You know, I want to focus on some specifics of the case while I have you here, Julie. And of course, I'm asking this because according to your Twitter, you are a, quote, recovering lawyer. Yeah, um, correct. <laughs> so, you know, Greiner said she didn't intend to carry the cannabis cartridges, but she still pleaded guilty. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah, and that is something that happens a lot in the United States as well, that there are a lot of reasons to plead guilty, often not because you actually are guilty. And as a former public defender, I can tell you that happens in our criminal justice system every single day. So there are not many people who get acquitted in Russia. It's sort of if the state says you're guilty, you're guilty. So what they found is that that it is a better tactic in front of the Russian courts to say, um, I did this. I'm really sorry. It was an accident. It was not my intent to do this. Was inadvertent, and that there have been cases where people get more lenient sentences because of that. So, you know, Brittany Griner is facing 10 years. Um, I imagine that 10 years lines up coincidentally with what Victor Boot has left on his sentence. Um, So, I I think that that was the strategy behind her pleading guilty. Uh, Like I said, you know, Putin is notorious for trumping up criminal charges and having people thrown in jail who are either bargaining chips or political enemies. I think we've seen that with Alexander Navalny. So, um, um, I think that the strategy here is for her to sort of keep her head down, not to try to antagonize the Russians, to be apologetic, to be contrite, in hopes that that will get her a lesser sentence.
0: Yeah. Cheryl, weigh in here. Are officials, U.S. officials, really doing all they can?
2: I think they're doing things behind the scenes a lot more than we know. Um, I do know that President, as we all know, that President Biden talked to uh, Brittany's wife. Uh, she's definitely uh, involved with this at, at some point. But it seems like it's going to be playing out more in the courts, and it could be resolved as far as her sentence would be as early as the beginning of August. So there's a lot of uh, lot of things on the table right now, but we just don't know what's going to happen because Russia does things their own way. We have a different judicial system than they do, mm-hmm. so nobody knows what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I saw some confusion on, on social, and perhaps you can clear it up, Julie, about whether um, her guilty plea, you know, was as serious as it would be here in the U.S.
1: I don't ever take guilty pleas as being entirely serious because, like I said, you know, a lot of times you have the choice of going through a trial and um, hoping the jury finds you not guilty, or knowing that you can plead guilty right now and get out of jail, even if you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that that's a lot of what is. At play here, Um, you know, like I said, I think this is a strategy. Uh, I don't know that this is actually what happened, Um, but I I didn't take it very seriously. And I've seen a lot of people say, you know, people say if it was LeBron James, he'd be home by now. And people are like, well, LeBron James wouldn't be so stupid as to put marijuana in a suitcase. But I don't know that that actually happened. And I think everybody should take that plea with a grain of salt.
0: Yeah. Well, before I let you both go, I want to ask you each the impact that Griner's experience is is going to have on f- the future of WNBA players going overseas, and on women's basketball in general. Um, you first, Cheryl.
2: Well, I have talked to players that did play in Russia. They're not going back. Uh, you're going to see a lot of wow. a lot of those teams are going. In fact, the Russian team that they were on, the one that Brittany Griner was on, has been suspended from play. So those, a lot of these teams won't be available to play anymore. So they're going to have to go elsewhere, like Australia or China or something like that, but they won't be going to Russia, where it is actually the place they make the most money. So you're going to see, and, and, and the WNBA has changed the rules as far as if you are playing for a team uh, and you and you miss training camp, you can't play the whole season next year. So that is uh, that plays a lot into so the players not wanting to go overseas and missing playing in the WNBA next right. season.
0: The lasting impact here, Julie?
1: Yeah, I think it's not only going to affect women uh, wanting to play in Russia, but I think playing in countries that have, you know, for lack of a better word, fascist regimes that aren't uh, part of the Western community, that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, part of NATO, part of the, the Super 8, part of, you know, whatever whatever you have, that there has to be um, diplomatic relations between our country and theirs, or I would be really hesitant, a normalized relations, I would say. I, I would be really hesitant about playing in a place that something bad could happen and I wouldn't be able to at home. So I think that players are going to be thinking a lot more carefully, not just about the money, but about the political situation of what teams they could play for.
0: That is Julie DeCaro, senior writer and editor at Deadspin and the author of the book, Sidelined, Sports, Culture, and Being a Woman in America. And WBEZ sports contributor, Cheryl Ray Stout. Thank you both. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.